Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are today. Uh, Monday, public holiday in Sydney, but it's so cold that the beach is deserted, would you believe? And uh, I'm deserting the beach to uh, go away and get my wetsuit and come back for a swim because it's a really beautiful um, ocean and it's uh, sort of dark and grey, it's a bit sharky, but it's quite flat. So today the conversation might be best directed towards something that has come to my attention by talking to a few people in the corporate world about the concept of living vicariously. You can look the spelling up of the word vicariously because I'm dyslexic, I have no idea how to spell it, but I know what it means and it means to find uh, purpose in living through someone else, someone else's achievement. And I think uh, it's obviously, as a coach, that's something you have to be very, very careful about, or as a leader, is to help someone and then live vicariously through the joy that they experience by your leadership. Or as a parent, uh, living vicariously through your child's uh, achievements or joy or as a partner uh, living vicariously through the potential or the possibility of your partner achieving something. So as a great uh, bring it home example, uh, as you well know, uh, I sponsor a lot in a triathlon and that costs me upwards of $35,000 a year and, uh, and and I do that as an act of love but I don't really care whether she succeeds or not and I have to maintain that I don't really care position. It's really hard because I do. I do want her to be, uh, to get what she wants but I can't really care because otherwise I go to the races or I go uh, to her training or and I start uh, expecting her to win so for example on this weekend she just raced and she at the start running into the water fell over and uh, after the race and she rang me up and up in uh, Port Douglas she rang me from Port Douglas and said I, I, I guess you're disappointed and I said no I don't care I'm just happy that you're doing what you want to do and I do really care I mean seriously uh, how can you not you care that she fell over or didn't do her best or didn't whatever uh, but firstly I have to retract that caring from expectation because as soon as it becomes an expectation that she performs in order to gratify my need for performance uh, my contribution to her world uh, becomes corrupted. Uh, secondly, it's unprofessional. Uh, the uh, money that I invest in her triathlon is a business, uh, in a sense. It's a business arrangement where I believe that the return on my investment in her triathlon is paid back through the sense of association I get with an international athlete. So. I leverage that uh, payment. It's not a uh, philanthropic or uh, obligatory uh, 
support. I believe that it's a sponsorship and for that sponsorship I write a contract and that contract is very clear as to what I get back. So I make it really, I know it sounds a little bit uh, full on, but I, I'm really uh, cautious not to live vicariously through my partner's uh, efforts or achievements or appetite for achievement. I live through my own. And the more I fulfill my own commitment to my own achievement, the more I reflect uh, back on, all this back on myself to say, well, this is about what I do and what I achieve and what I give and what I don't give. And I think uh, uh, it's really important because it's, it's, it's very common for a person to lose their vision. Let's say they get to their 50s and they achieve everything they set out to achieve. They've got a family, they've got a house, they've got a car, they've got a bus, they've got a job, they've got money in the bank, got life insurance, so if they die, they're paid. The family's looked after and they go, well, I've achieved it. Now they start thinking, now what? And they start looking at their kids and saying, I'd love my kid to be in the Olympics or I'd love my kid to be clever at school. I'd love my kid to be something. And next thing you know, their demand, their lack of their own uh, performance in their own life is now uh, transferred and lived out through the child. Now, we want our children, just like I want Lottie we, we, uh, or our partner, we want our, our friends, we want everybody to achieve what they want to achieve. But as soon as we expect it and start living vicariously through it, like I'm proud of you, that's vicarious. Uh, because it's, I'm proud, my pride hinges on your performance. And you, my pride in you hinges on you doing well. These words are corrupt in their own uh, lack of integrity. I'm proud that you behaved yourself. I'm proud that you ate your dinner. This is where we start to become conditional and where the kid starts to get a sense that their love from their parent depends on their performance. And that sets them up on the one hand for high expectation, that's nice, but it also sets them up on another a level for failure because it will never be good enough. It will always be self-doubt, always be, uh, and, and, and at some level, a level of guilt for not doing what the parents needed in order to gratify their own need, their own appetite for, uh, for vision. Nothing affects the child more than the unlived life of the parent. And when you see a parent who's struggling to uh, achieve something, struggling to manifest something, always struggling, never happy, you see that parent start to invest themselves in the child, behaving exactly as they want, behaving exactly in complicity, which is really basically saying, I fucked up, I can't live the life that I want, I'm not succeeding, I'm gonna make sure my kids become, let's say the flagship, the kids become the icon of my own performance. Now, that means self-love, self-respect, self-worth, self-vision becomes two people. And when two people are the same, one of them isn't necessary. So in a sense, it's a shortcut to self-deprecation because to put a child up and say, look at, look at, look how good my child is doing, that's a reflection of me, is, is self-deprecating in a sense. 
and it puts the child under an enormous amount of heat to achieve uh, what your expectation rather than theirs or the parents expectation rather than theirs. So I think we need to be very suspicious about uh, when a parent becomes proud of their kid or proud of performance and they can't be proud without the performance. In other words, the, the parent saying, if you do this, I'll be proud. If you do that, I won't be. And so they start to use guilt. They start to use shame and leverage that the child is not performing up to scratch. And that all comes from vicarious living. Nothing affects the child more than the unlived life of the parent. The unlived life of the parent is when conservatism uh, and overzealous got-tos and shoulds handcuff the parent into the past. So in other words, they just can't let go of the past. So they remain in their got-tos, in, in their shoulds, uh, in order to not let go of the past because they want to hang on to story, hang on to history, hang on to justification and not work through their own laundry and their own dirty guilts and their own shame. So about failure and success. As I mentioned the other day, and I can mention it again because it comes to my heart as I walk past this part of Bondi, uh, my friend Virginia passed away, my ex-wife, and uh, Virginia carried no shame, no guilt, although she'd done thousands of things. What she carried was a burning appetite, and this is what I helped her with from the from the moment I met her until we finished our relation, which is about five or six years, uh, I helped her with, with uh, sustaining uh, the, the, the resilience to hold on to her vision rather than to live it through her son or other people. And, and Virginia, was she just drew everybody with her as she went on her way. And yes, if you look at it from a marriage point of view, she, she, you know, she used... She didn't have one of those ones that lasted for 20 years. In fact, the father of her child declared that he'd been having an affair uh, as, uh, at the hospital within two days of Virginia giving birth to their son. So, and she never uh, got angry about it. He, she just said, okay, well, uh, okay, next. Uh, all her family and her sisters and, and other people got really angry about it, but Virginia never did. She just had the ability to let go and move on. And she never denied the father of her child the, the right to be in the presence of her child. And so she, in fact, encouraged it. So she didn't judge him as being a bad person. This philosophy of being able to live your vision requires that you can let go, requires that you deal with the hardships of life and requires that you don't run away from pain or run away from people who cause it because uh, the, the, you just run into more of it. What it requires is that you know, uh, you know what you want, you go out and get it and uh, the consequences of that are worth paying. So uh, to that end, you can say, well, I, I, you know, I've got also uh, a, a broken back that had three surgeries and, and, and that was the consequence of 50 trips up into the Himalayas. Now what do I want to do? Uh, uh, retract it and live safely for the 
30 odd years that I did those trips? Or do I say, I don't want to live, I don't want to take my back to the grave. I, I, my spine, sacrificing my spine in the process of 30 trips up into the Himalayas and getting to know the monks and the people and the mountaineers and the Himalaya like the back of my hand. That's worth the price. And I'm not going to bemoan the fact that I had to pay it. I'm going to say this is worth it. So these things, living your vision, it's a really big shift away from vicarious living. And I think that's the one sort of contemplation that we all need to make sure that we're, that we're being authentic with. It, it, me with, uh, for example, with Lotte and what have you. Uh, me with my own children and my grandchildren. And I need to be uh, really conscious that I'm not starting to live vicariously through those people. I'm living my vision and celebrating theirs. And I think that's a vastly different thing. I'm celebrating the, also their failures because I've had plenty and they're going to have plenty. It's just part of being a visionary individual. And they uh, and uh, being uh, losing is part of winning. Uh, that's just all there is to it. And so the ups and downs of life, we're not trying to protect people from it. What we're saying is, uh, so what? All right, this is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Uh, I'm going to go and get a wetsuit on and go for a beautiful swim. Bye for now.